Thank you for tuning in on this week's episode of the NACF Podcast. Today we have Associate Pastor Sharonda Manor Foster. And we come up with the question on this episode of why we don't see it through. What stops us? What immobilizes? Is it a lack of belief? We feel that belief dictates action. So somewhere along the process, we need to check our belief. And then we ask, what's the move? You do not believe that we serve a God that is good. You do not believe that we serve a God who wants what's best for you. You do not believe that you serve a God who will heal you. And so you stay. It it hinders your move. You you don't have a move. You don't have a at once. It said at once uh, the man was cured. I do want you to stay right there. But I want to talk to everybody in this room. And I want to talk to everybody who was joined in. I want to give us a moment to come together. I want you to have the time to come out of your busyness, to, to come out of whatever might be distracting you in your home. And I want you to receive our worship, to come in with us on this afternoon. Because I believe that God has a word for us on this afternoon. But we have to get our belief up. We have to get our, our hope up. We have to do away with, with doubt and unbelief. And so I want you to let that penetrate into your spirit. I want you to say it until you believe it. In him there is no failure. And so we're going to do it a couple more times that, that you might come in line with us. And then we're going to talk about it on this afternoon. Let's do it one more time, praise team. Hallelujah.
confirmed already. And I feel confirmed already. And I feel encouraged already. I hope y'all feel that at home. I feel confirmed already. And I feel affirmed already. And I feel God encouraged already. (laughs) Woo! All right. (laughs) Woo! We're going to get to this word. But I love the Holy Spirit. Because he said, first things first. First things first. We're not trying to usher him in and and get him in and and wait for him to speak. He is already confirmed and affirmed and encouraged that I am here for it. The Holy Spirit said, I'm here for it. and the confirmation of the Holy Spirit because he has allowed us to know that we're in the right place and that this is a right time and so I know I want you to get prepared for what the Holy Spirit has for us on this afternoon thank you so much praise team Woo! thank you so much praise team Man, I want you to stay with me just for a little bit because we got a couple of things to handle before we get right into it. And so we're going to go into the Word. But I want you to remember where we was at, Donnie, because I, uh, I, I have a warfare and I have some things that I need to tear down, Jordan. Sean, I got some things that I need to be moved on this afternoon. And so we're going to do the prelim. And then we're going to go into a little bit of a fight this morning. Because I feel a fight in my spirit. And so let's just stand for the reading of the word. So that we can get into this. I'm already hot. Woo, it's warm up in here. I feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. And so let's go right here to Romans 7.19. And then 24 and 25, we're just looking for some foundation. We're looking for something to stand on on this afternoon. And so Romans 7, 19 says, For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do. This I keep on doing. 24 says, What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Thanks be to God who delivers me through Christ Jesus our Lord. 
what a wretched woman I am. Ladies, let's get in on the lesson. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. I need you to know on this afternoon that I have prayed for timing. a rhema word right now and I have prayed that this is the moment that you have my God that I have prayed that this is the moment that you have been waiting for it's not that you haven't been in good word it's not that you haven't heard what you ought to do but I don't know if the word has fallen on good ground I don't know if it's fallen on deaf ears I don't know you have been distracted but we are crying out oh my God for timing precise timing anointed timing and appointed timing on this afternoon my God in the name of Jesus it's been a year all year we've been talking about finding your purpose all year we have been in a pursuit of a purpose and I want us to get it what more the pastors could do I don't know what more the leaders could do to get us encouraged to get in this uh, pursuit but if you're still not inspired if you're still having a hard time getting your engine turned over then today is for you because we have come to stir up some engines we have come to fan some flames we have come to get in your face about you and this purpose my God in the name of Jesus I don't want us to be overwhelmed because I hate to get right here in this uh, in this third quarter in the fourth quarter last month and then we get overwhelmed by purpose and then we get overwhelmed by what we didn't do in the year. We got about a good two and a half, three weeks left. And I don't want us to start to freak out by what we didn't do. I'm here to tell you on this afternoon that you are in the right place and at the right time for what God has for you. And so I tell you, calm down just a bit. While we get to this purpose, while we get the engine started, while we begin to fan the flame again. I'm an event planner. And most often people who have planned an event or want to have an event, they start at the grand vision. They start at the end. They, they know what they want it to look like and be like. They, they know how many people they want to be there. Uh, they know what colors they want it to be. And they know how they want to feel by the end of the event. Uh, but very rarely do we start at the beginning. We start at the top. And then we want somebody else to figure out how we get there. We want somebody else to tell us... Uh, how do I get to purpose? 
when all we could see is the end of the line. But I'm here to tell you on this afternoon to begin where you are in your pursuit of purpose. Don't be pushed. Don't be afraid. Don't back down. I'm asking you to start right where you are and begin to do the next right thing in purpose. Don't just get stuck at the grand picture. But come back to right where you are. From right where I am, what is my next step that I need to make? to get to purpose and so I'm not going to trip about December 31st almost coming I'm not going to trip and have my mind twisted thinking that I didn't do it I mean it's been an all year of pursuit of purpose you mean you haven't achieved it yet maybe you got your eyes on the wrong prize maybe you got your eyes on the finish line and all God did was tell you to take the next step and so we're going to talk about the next step. We're going to talk about uh, your next move. My God, in the name of Jesus. After I read that scripture and after God started talking to me about that, I almost called it, can't get right. Because Paul is just in a place to where he, he just can't get right. And there are so many of us that are in a place to where we just feel like, I just can't get right. Why is that falling out of there? You know, hey, I'm deep up here. I don't know why that oil fell out. Anyway, why we just can't get right. Because some of us are still in a struggle with trying to get things to, to line up. Some of us are on the struggle bus that we just cannot get right. But I, but I didn't think it fair for me to call you can't get right and for me to call me or can't get right. So I decided to call it, see it through, make a move. Make a move. And so we're going to speak life to a thing and not death, right? Because can't get right me, we just can't get right. But if we decide to make a move, and we are going to make a move. And so there's some things that need to be stirred up first on this afternoon. So that we can get into a move space. Uh, in a move place. Uh, and Ro, I don't know if you're going to have to turn my mic up. Uh, because I'm getting ready to ask the band uh, to come into a place of warfare with me uh, on this afternoon. Because before we get into it, uh, I want to stir some things uh, up uh, on this afternoon. I need to tell some things that they have to move, that they have to go, that we are not leaving them any room to rest anymore. And so if there's an intercessor in the room, if there's an intercessor online, I want you to begin to stir up some things. I come to make the enemy mad. I tell you, this is about timing on this afternoon. I come to make him uncomfortable. Where has I ask God to anoint me for this afternoon while I stand in my place of authority. My God, in the Heshek Hennaya, I ask God to anoint me on this afternoon while I stand in my place of authority. And I speak and I release over the men and women of God. 
my God, in the name of Jesus. And so I say to you, you lazy, procrastinating, indifferent, non-caring, prideful, ego-driven, dormant spirit, we move you out of us. We leave you no place to rest. My God, in the name of Jesus, every dopey, every slowful, every defensive, every offended, every excuse, every fearful, every lying spirit, we move you out of your place, Hezekiah, on this afternoon, every generational habit, every generational curse, and every other spirit that is attempting to rest in you, every lying spirit, We leave you no room. You have to move. You have to move. Every stubborn, controlling spirit, you have to move. You spirit of depression. You spirit of sadness. You have to. You have to move. You cannot. In him there is no failure. In him there is no failure. And so we command you out. We command you out. We shake you out of your resting place. We give you no place to rest. Woo. On this afternoon, it's time to move. It's time for you to move. Move out of the men and women of God. Move out of our marriages. Move out of our purpose. My God, move out of our children. Move out of our business. Move out of our mind. Come out of our communities. Move out of our churches. My God. and walk around and you tell everything that is not supposed to be in your house you got to move let it know that they are not welcome I challenge you to lay hands on your physical body and you tell every spirit that believes that it can rest in you that it has to move I dare you lay hands on your own mind my God in the name of Jesus you can't get to the pastor you can't get to the altar but I declare a power in your own hands, a power in your own words, a power in your home. Build an altar right there and lay yourself down. My God, build an altar right there and lay yourself down and put your hands on yourself, my God, in the name of Jesus and declare that it is done. Woo, I feel a warfare spirit. Yes. 
Somebody say, make a move. It's time to make a move. This is the moment in our service where we love to give back to Lord. We love to give back to the house. We love to give back to our communities. It is offering and worship and praise time. It is our tithe and offering time. That is a moment right there, a phrase right there. Because if you're able to give, you are grateful. God loves a cheerful giver. So this is the moment where we love to give. And we have three ways for you to do it. You can go right ahead and send it in to 2550 Nature Park Drive, Suite 100, North Las Vegas, that's 89084, 89084. Or you can text it to us at 77977. That's one word, New Antioch, 77977. Or you can go on the website. You can go to newantioch.org, dash Aliante, and you can follow the instructions there. Right now, I want to say a prayer, a quick prayer over the giving that is happening today. Lord Jesus, we thank you. Lord Jesus, we come to you in the name of Jesus, thanking you for the ability to be able to give, God. Right now, we ask you, Lord, to bless the giver, God. Bless the heart of the one who has to give. Bless the heart of the one who wants to give. Bless the heart of the one who can't do without giving, who can't help but give, who is afraid to not give, God. We ask you, Lord, to, to bless it and multiply it and increase it a hundredfold. You said if we give to the storehouse, you will open up the window of heaven and pour out a blessing that we are unable to receive, God. We call down that blessing right now, God. We give with a cheerful heart, God. We ask you, Lord, to continue to keep us together, God. Continue to persevere in our lives, God. Even though we're going through ups and downs, God, we ask you, Lord, to continue to bless us, God. Show yourself to us, God. Show yourself to us in a way that we know it is only you and you alone, God. We thank you, Lord Jesus, and we bless you today. And we lift up this offering to you in the blessed name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So here we are, better late than never. And I love our foundational scripture. Woo, I feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. Paul says, I want to do right, but I don't. What I don't want to do, that's the wrong I keep on doing. Oh, wretched man that I am. Paul can't get right. The struggle is real. But I love Paul because he shows us that the struggle ain't nothing new. He shows us that it can even happen to the best of us. Woo, I hope you feel a little bit lighter. I hope you didn't kick some things out and shook them out of place. My God, in the name of Jesus. I love him because he, he wants to know who, who will rescue me from this body destined for death. But he also gives us the solution. Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer. And so just really quick on this afternoon, I want to show you just a few cases of how those that encountered Jesus handled the struggle. How they came out and what move they made. And so we're going to answer three questions for each of these encounters on this afternoon. We're going to answer what was the rut. Because if we are not doing what God called us to do, if we're having a hard time getting to purpose, then perhaps we are in a rut. You know, a rut, a habit, or a pattern of behavior that has become dull and unproductive. A rut. But it's hard to change. 
a run a long deep track made by repeated passage a rut it's a long deep track made by repeated passage a rut we just can't seem to get out of a place you ever seen a truck that starts to spin its tires and they just spin it in the same place going deeper and deeper and deeper until they find themselves in a rut in a place that's dull and unproductive in a place where it's hard to change so we're going to talk about what was the rut but I want you to begin to see yourself in these cases and then I want to talk about they found themselves in a rut but what hindered the move why were they not able to move why did they just keep in that same repeated behavior and then the last thing that we're going to talk about is well what's the move what's the change or that you're going to do what's what's going to cause you to move from one sphere or one activity to another what action are you going to take that will propel you forward, that would give you some traction, some process, some, some momentum? What is the action that you're going to take? What is the next right thing to do? And so we're going to talk about this first case study is found in John 5 and 3. And I'm just going to read it. It says, here a great number of disabled people used to lie. The blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when it is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. This is the man laying at the pool of Bethesda. Every morning, the pool would be stirred, and whoever got into the pool first would be able to be healed of their issue. Where they say at this pool is where they all lie, the paralyzed, the lame, the blind, laying right there where they could be healed. But this man had been there for 38 years and had not been able to be healed. And so what's the rut? In what unproductive place has he found himself laying in? A place that he has no action, that he cannot get out of. What's the rut? Learned helplessness. Learned helplessness occurs when an individual continuously faces a negative, uncontrollable situation and stops trying to change their circumstances even when they have the ability to do so. Learned helplessness. 
I have come and I have prayed that this is a right time and an appointed word, an anointed word, timing that you might hear and that you might understand that you have come into a place of learned helplessness. What is the place that has you lying down and can't get up? Where are you in your life that you just can't seem to get up even though you have the ability to be healed? I wanted to talk to this man. I kind of wanted to talk to him in the same way that, that Jesus asked him, Sir, do you want to be made well? Because I wondered, how did that man get to that pool every day? Did he live at the pool? I just have to think that it was not a homeless camp that they had set up around that pool. And I don't know because the Bible doesn't tell us, but somehow he got to that pool every day. And so I wanted to know, could not the people who brought you to the pool push you in? They, they couldn't just roll you over uh, into the pool so that you might be made well? And I think Jesus' question further confirms that Man, do you really want to be made well? Because you're in the place where you could be healed, but you're not getting healed. And so I want to ask us in this pursuit of purpose, are you in the place of learned helplessness? That I just came to help myself. That I have found myself just laying down day after my I have found myself just laying down day after day complaining about why I can't. That's his rut. But what hinders the move? Why is he not moving? One thing, and Pastor talked about it a couple weeks ago, he's full of excuses. Everybody else is doing it. They're beating me to it. I don't have any help. I can't get in the water. Well, you would think if you was laying at the pool all night, you just hang your foot over the side. And as soon as it started stirring, put your toe in it. You're there all night. But he didn't do it. He said he couldn't get in. You have the advantage because you are right there at the pool. But you are still full of excuses. And so I say to us and I say to you, what is your excuse? What is hindering your move? Why aren't you being better? Why aren't you putting your foot in the pool that might heal you? Are we just talking about what hinders you? Another thing is the lack of motivation. You just can't get moving because you're in a rut and you feel powerless to change. I just don't know what else I can do to, to fix this and to, and to remedy this. And, and another thing is that you're just comfortable. When the Holy Spirit told me that, Pastor, I had a problem with that. Because I think I've been probably all of the cases that we're going to talk about today. But I just don't know if he was comfortable. He was there every day watching somebody do what he ought to be doing. I just don't feel that he was comfortable. He watched people get in that pool in and out and walk away healed and whole. 
if it's like anything like me or, or, or some of us, there's a thought of being healed every day, all day. And so you're not comfortable. As a matter of fact, you're very uncomfortable. It's your constant thought. You, you beat yourself up about it all the time. And so I said, Holy Spirit, I don't know if I agree that he was comfortable. And he said to me that he's not really comfortable with the condition. But he is comfortable with the struggle. He's comfortable being in the struggle. The struggle hasn't become too great or too hard for him. And so it's not that he likes where he is and that he's comfortable laying by the pool. It is the struggle that he's gotten comfortable with. Because isn't that just what we do? My God. Isn't that just what we do? My God. But then the next part of the scripture says, then Jesus said to him, get up. Pick up your mat and walk. It says, at once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked on. And so what's the move? We said what the rut was, what hinders his moving. So, and so what's the move? The move is to respond quickly. This is the problem with us. And I really just want to talk to us for a moment. I, I can't put this off on people who don't know Jesus. But I'm talking to us on this afternoon who have met him. And we'll talk to the people who haven't met him uh, just a little bit later on in the sermon. But these are for the people who have met him. You don't believe him. You do not believe that we serve a God that is good. You do not believe that we serve a God who wants what's best for you. You do not believe that you serve a God who will heal you. And so you stay, it hinders your move. You, know, you don't have a move, you don't have a at once. It said at once, uh, the man was cured. Uh, at once, as soon as you know uh, that you have the ear of Jesus, as soon as you know uh, that you have invited him in, we should have a at once. Yes, yes, yes. But we don't believe him. And so we stay in a struggle. We have to get our belief up. Another thing that we as the men and women of God believe is that our healing has to take a long time. That this has to be a long drawn out thing. And so we don't get her at once because every time I go through this and everybody that I've seen and known, then this is a long drawn out struggle and that is going to take some time. But that's not what this man believed. Jesus said, do you want to be healed? He said, you're healed. And at once, the man stood up. We don't have an at once. Why? Because we're comfortable in the struggle. We want it to be hard. But we want to have to drag through it. It's in our minds. We have to change the way we think. We have to change the way we believe. We have to get our belief up. And I'm going to challenge us. And I'm challenging me. I want you to know that this word came for me first. Some folks have said that my words are harsh and that they come off in your face. 
But I want to tell you that I deliver the word that the Holy Spirit has given me. And I also want to tell you that the word came harshly to me. And because he wants us to move, he wants us to get up. So in all of the love that I could muster and wanting you to come along with me on this journey, I deliver this to get out of the comfort in your struggle, to quit talking about your struggle with everybody, to quit expecting it to be hard and get a at once in your spirit, whatever it is that you're asking God to do. So what's the move? What's the action? Because it's more than us thinking it. It's more than that man lying there believing that God healed him, that Jesus healed him. It was an action after that. It's fine for you to still lay there. Could you imagine if, if Jesus said that you are healed? Get up and take up your mat. And the man just continued to lay there and said, I believe you. I, I believe you. I, I believe you did. But there's no action. He never moved. But in his mind, he, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. I believe you did it. I believe Jesus healed me today. But you never get up and test it out and take a step and walk forward. This man that had been laying on that mat for 38 years, at once, he got up. We got to get up at once in our spirit and to literally move into action. So whatever your rut is, and we're going to talk about some ruts, but I want to get through these case studies. So you need to at once. In Luke uh, 4, 33 and 35, it says, in the synagogue, there was a man possessed by a demon and impure spirit. He cried out at the top of his voice, go away. What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are. You're the Holy One of God. Be quiet, Jesus said sternly. Come out of him. Then the demon threw the man down before them all and came out without injuring him. There is two of these encounters in the Bible. There's this man, and then there's another boy. His father brought him, possessed by an impure spirit. He gets right in front of Jesus, right in front of people of God. And the father is saying, this is what's wrong with my son. This, this spirit throws him into the fire, trying to kill him, throws him into the water, trying to kill him. And right in front of Jesus, the spirit threw him down again, convulsed him real bad. What is the rut? This, this had me bothered. What's the rut with these two people? The rut is entanglement with the enemy. Purpose or not on purpose. Tisha, it was an entanglement with the enemy. You're in an entanglement when something you engaged in went further than you thought it would go. You become entangled with it. Now, perhaps some of them and maybe even the child, maybe the enemy jumped on him. 
But I want to talk to us on this afternoon that perhaps the rut that you are stuck in is because you are in an entanglement with the enemy. Perhaps what you engaged in with the enemy went further than what you thought it was going to go. Had more power than what you thought it had. You thought that you could play and toy around with it and now you have found yourself in an entanglement with the enemy that you cannot get yourself out of. You thought that you could just toy around with it a little bit. And I thought, start with the entanglement. You know, that's that extramarital affair. You thought it could be fun. You, you thought it would be a phone call. You, you thought it would be entertainment. You thought you could let it go when you were ready to let it go. And then you found yourself in an entanglement. My God. And you thought that you could just try a little weed smoking. I'm just going to smoke a little bit. And then you found yourself in an entanglement. That thing got you and you don't have it. And you can't quit it. You thought you would drink just socially and just have just a little bit. You thought you would just gamble on the weekends. And you found yourself in an entanglement. And you holding on to that thing. And that thing is holding on to my God. And that thing is holding on to you. And you don't know how to get out of that entanglement. I was talking to my husband. And I tell you, this word has worked us. He could probably come up here and preach this word too. Because we were talking about people that have been addicted to crack. I know a lady. Over 18 to 20 years in an entanglement with it. And I say entanglement because she entertained it at first. It was something that she could control at first. And and then that thing took her out and it grabbed a hold of her. And I wanted to know why the rut? Why couldn't she get out of it? Well, at first, you want it. You're playing with it. But by the time you get to the end of it, it wants it. It wants it. It's not even no longer about you. That crack wants the crack. That crack wants more of it. And you're just along for the ride and you just raggedy all up in it. All of those chemicals in your body are crying out for more of what you was giving it. And so it's crying out for the drug. You have found yourself in an entanglement. She went so far as to isolate herself just to get away from the entanglement. But we're going to talk about that. So what hinders the move? When you are caught up in an entanglement. The first hindrance is fear. Fear of who you will be without it. I don't know who I'm going to be without this entanglement. It defines me. Some of us have become entangled with fame and notoriety. It it just defines me. Some of us have become entangled with the hunts and and the pursuit of, of money and all things money. And so you're in an entanglement. Who would I be Um, It defines me. What am I going to tell the guys when I can no longer smoke with them? 
Well, what am I going to tell them when I can't drink and I can't hang out at the racing sports book? I don't know if there's a fear of who I'll be without it. It's who I am. It's, it's who I have become. The second one is you like it because the flesh likes it. Oh, you fed that thing for so long. And so now it wants you to keep on feeding it. And when you don't feed it, it acts out. You have become in an, in an entanglement and it hinders uh, your move. Uh, the second thing is the public humiliation. I just looked at this with the first man. He made it to Jesus. He made it to Jesus. He's standing before him. Jesus has already spoke to the demon, Pastor Derry. Jesus has already told him to come out. And what did that demon do? He threw that man down in front of everybody. In front of what hinders the move? Public humiliation. Y'all said all I had to do was meet Jesus. Y'all said all I had to do was make it to him. I made it to him. And Jesus spoke to me. And Jesus told that thing to come out of me. And then you know what happened? It threw me down in front of everybody. It threw me down in front of everybody. Did the same thing to the little boy right there with Jesus. Right there in front of it. Threw him down. It said convulsed him real bad. Public humiliation. My God. And so we don't want to go through that. Because I've seen that happen to people. I thought you was this. I thought you was that. I thought you was with him. But that thing, you still getting thrown down. And you still getting thrown down bad. That thing is still, it's still convulsing you. My God. And so then pride comes in the way because I'm not going to let this thing keep on doing me like that. And I'm not going to be thrown down in front of everybody. Well, what's the move? First move, and that's the move on all of them, is to pray. You have to believe what Jesus said. My God. And I want to say this to somebody who has been thrown down in front of everybody. Whatever your infraction you're supposed to be a man or woman of God. You're supposed to have self-control. You're supposed to be better than that. And the enemy threw you down. Embarrassed you. And now everybody knows your mistake. Everybody knows how you slipped up and messed up. Everybody knows what you did because it happened in front of everybody. But do you still believe him? Because for this man, it says that it threw him down and immediately left him. And so the throwdown does not mean that you are still in the grips of the enemy. The throwdown means that it had one last hit. Take that. But it was leaving. It was gone after that. And so we just have to believe that Jesus has done it. Even though it threw the man down in front of everybody. It said that the man got up completely healed after that. 
And so our belief is, I still believe that Jesus got me. I still believe that he is fighting for me. I still believe that the word that he said over me. And so watch me fall down, but you had better stay for the get up. Watch me go down, but stick around for the get up and completely healed. The struggle is over. The demon is gone after that. And so watch me get up. What's the move? Renounce the entanglement. To give up by formal announcement that you are no longer owned or believe it. That you no longer support it or have connection with it. You have to renounce the entanglement. Whatever you have tied yourself up with, you have to renounce it. What's the move? Denounce it. To publicly state that something is wrong or bad. Publicly state. And so the fellas still inviting you to come over. And you still think that you can be there with them. But you won't tell the fellas why you won't come over. Oh, my, no, 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 my, my wife uh, <laughs> want me to stay at the house. You know, no, 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 the, the kids got me uh, tied up. You won't tell them why you can't come. Or you come and you sit in the midst of it thinking you can handle it because there has been no public you have not publicly denounced a thing you have to publicly let the fellas know I don't do that anymore tell her to stop calling you tell him to stop calling you because you don't do that anymore it's a public I, I disagree with it it ain't it ain't me no more and stop taking yourself in places and tempting God to keep bringing you out why do we keep doing that you keep taking yourself to places and then tempting God to bring you out why are you sitting in there? Why did you go to her house? Why are you with those people? Why are you doing that? And then you want God to bring you out. You're tempting him to bring you out. Why are you going to, I don't drink no more, but why are you going to go sit at the bar? Tempting God to bring you out. You're going to still go go hang with the fellas and they passing and passing the blood. They still doing it. Why are you there? Why are you there? You got to close some doors. You got to close the doors. Why you leave that door cracked just a little bit? Just in case. You have to go. It's a renounce and a denounce. It's a public breakup. It's over with. But we have an issue. With the public, we want to do it in secret. Why? Just in case we want to tip back. Go ahead and renounce and denounce. What's the move? Recognize that you have an enemy. Recognize that it's just all you. It's not you. I mean, some of us keep saying I. And when I stop smoking, and when I stop tripping, and when I get back in church, and when I make this much money, and when I have my family settled, 
and when I, and then you discount that you have an enemy. Uh, one of the best tricks that the enemy plays on us is to imitate us. We believe that that's us. We believe that he is us. And so he imitates you, and he talks like you, and he goes where you go, and he sends you places. And before you know it, you're saying what he said. But you think it's, I, I, I just got to get myself under control. I, I just got to get my will. Recognize that you have an enemy. And then what's the move? Write down some of the replacement things that you can do. And so what you going to do instead of smoke weed? What you going to do on Friday nights when you used to meet her? After work. Well, what you going to do? What you going to replace that uh, with? You're going to be sitting up at home Friday looking sideways at your wife and your husband because that's what you usually do? Find something. It's, it's a move. It's more than just a thought. We're talking about what's, what move are you going to make to get out of this entanglement? What are you going to do to break up with the enemy? And it needs to be a public breakup. Don't just send a text message uh, so nobody knows that y'all broken up. It needs to be a public breakup. Go ahead and post it on your Facebook page. You put everything else on there. Make it public that you broke up with the enemy. Woo, sometimes it's, it's you. You got to break up with yourself. Okay, one more. We're going to be moving right along. On the Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues. And a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. 18 years bent. My God. Leaning. Leaning the wrong way. My God, stuck. And so what was her rut? Paralysis. The loss of the ability to move and sometimes to feel anything. Paralyzed and stuck in one position. Whatever that position is. Paralyzed and stuck in laziness. Because we always want to go, and I talk about them too, all the other things. We talk about drugs and alcohol and gambling and adultery and, and all of that stuff. But some of us are stuck and paralyzed with people. Like we cannot move and get away from them because what they feed us keeps us. And so we stay bent toward them. We stay bent in what they are giving us and what they are, are feeding us. Some of us stay bent in procrastination. Jesus, will you help me? We are just, I drive my husband crazy. Because procrastination is my fight. And he is so not a last minute person. And I make him last minute. And he can't stand it. And I don't like it either. But I feel like the man at the pool of Bethesda, have I become comfortable in my struggle? Do I profess that I'm better at the last minute? That I can get things done right there? That, that's when I'm at my best, when I'm at the last minute. 
but it's uncomfortable. It really is. And I don't want to be comfortable in the struggle, but we, we get paralyzed and bent toward the wrong things. We see a lot of people that have uh, addictive behaviors, they're bent. And they're bent from generation over generation. They're bent from how they grew up. They're bent from what they learned how to do. And they have a hard time coming out of that bent position. And so what hinders the move? The denial of the severity hinders the move of being bent. Because we don't think it's that bad because things still keep happening. But we don't know that we are wearing people down, that we're wearing the grace of God down. Do you believe that we can wear the grace of God down? It says he won't always strive with us. You have to come out of your own behavior and honor God just a little bit more and a little bit better to come out of, of this denial of the severity and what it is doing. What it's doing to your character. What it's doing to how people look at you. How they trust you. Why you don't get the phone call. Why you wonder why I just can't make a move. It's the denial of the severity in the way that you are bent. You have to come up into a straightened position. You have to believe that God wants you straightened out. My God, in the name of Jesus. It's pride that keeps us bent because we like it. We don't want to be embarrassed. We don't want people to see the struggle if we're coming out of a bent position because it might be a fight unless you believe what Jesus did for this woman. Because it said when Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said to her, woman, you are set free from your infirmity. Then he put his hands on her and immediately she straightened up and praised God. What's the move? Get and immediately in your life. What are we waiting for to happen? Why do we not move? Why do we trust God? I'm telling you, our belief is out of whack. We're comfortable in the struggle. We don't believe that he is good. We don't believe that he wants us better. Even Paul, he asked him to remove this thing from him. He had a thing that was bothering him. And God did tell Paul, no, my grace is sufficient. And so if you think that he's not going to take it, then understand that his grace is sufficient. That means that he's going to walk with you through this thing. That you have to straighten up from your, from your ideas and your proclivities. And the, and the way that you think things ought, ought to be. Uh, my God, in the name of Jesus, it says she had it immediately. Yeah. And she believed him. She believed him. And so what's the move? Recognize the bend. The only way that you are going to recognize the bend, one, you're going to have to pray. Ask him if he'll show you. Two, you're going to have to get around people that you trust. So they can show you how you're bent. And then trust and believe them when they tell you you are bent like this. So pride has to get out of the way and ego has to come out of the way because, yes, you are bent. 
Yes, you are set in your own ways. Yes, you are bent. Yes, you are a know-it-all. Yes, you are bent. Yes, you do want things to go your way. Yes, you are bent. Yes, you are a control freak. Yes, you are bent. Yes, you do have a hard time listening to people. Yes, you are bent. Yes, you are easily offended. Yes, you are bent. Yes, you do get in the way while I'm taking my ball and going home. Yes, you are bent. Yes, you are immature and you still act like a child. Yes, you are bent. Yes, you are bent. Let somebody tell you something so that you can get it immediately straightened up in your spirit. Yes, you are bent. Ask somebody that you trust. Am I bent? I've had some folk try to tell me I'm bent, Tisha. And I had to come into a place to understand that, that they loved me. And that they wanted what was best for me. And I was bent. But I am grateful for a at once, a immediately, and a straighten up. <laughs> I hear Keisha said, child, I'm bent. Keisha, I am believing God for what he says that he want us straightened up. And that he will send the right people in your life to straighten you up. Some of you are bent, just bent towards sadness, bent towards trauma, bent toward depression. But God wants you straightened up. And so I believe him. I believe him. I serve a God who wants the best for me. I serve a God who wants me straightened up and not bent. I want to be bent toward the things of God and not bent toward the things of this world. Some of us are bent toward the things of this world and we need to be back. We need to straighten up. We need to be able to hear and move the way God has called us to. Come up out of the rut and make a move. And I want you to know that the move is an action. It's not just what you're saying in your head. It's not just the agreement with your mouth because we're just talking so much. But in everybody who had an encounter with Jesus, if there was no action, then they would never know if it was really done. He healed them, told them to walk on. Healed them, told them to get up. Healed them, told them to straighten up. Could you imagine the lady that was bent over and Jesus said, you are made well. And she just stayed bent over. Just, just stayed bent. You are made well. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, I praise your name, God. And I thank you for healing me. Y'all, Jesus has straightened me up. He has healed me. I believe he said it when he said it. But every time he healed somebody, there was an action that they had to take. And so I ask you, what's the action that you are going to take.
We've been in pursuit. We're on the hunt. We're looking for, we want to be better. And so what's the move? Make a move. Make a move. What move are you going to make? And so we have an assignment. You can go ahead, Donnie, but we have an assignment. Because I really want you to make a move. We've been hearing fantastic, powerful, anointed word all year long. And if you're somebody who, who hasn't made a move, why not? And so I want you to get out that good old pen and paper. I don't even want you to put it on your iPad or in your phone. I want you to make your hand write out those words. And I want you to pray as you write. Write this vision and make it plain. We're back at the basics. And so I want you to go through the full motion of it. Where are you stuck at and what's the rut? What's the rut? And if you don't feel like you're in a rut, ask somebody who you trust. <laughs> and they'll tell you the truth. They'll tell you the truth. So write what's the rut and fill it in. And then secondly, write what hinders me from moving. Am I prideful? Am I afraid? Am I entangled? Have I not uh, renounced and denounced the enemy? Am I embarrassed? Did this happen in public? Does everybody know that I got through down? What hinders you? And then, right, make a move. And what is the move that you are going to make? Uh, for me, uh, my, I have a, uh, you know me, I'm always talking about it. It's this weight loss journey. And so I said, Sharonda, what's the move? It's more than the thought of, okay, this is how much weight I'm going to lose because that's not a move. Move is an actual action. You're going to do something. I'm going to work out every morning at five days a week at 6 a.m. What's the move? How you gonna get there? That 6 a.m. starts the night before. You have to go to bed. I'm a late nighter. And you're not gonna get up at six o'clock if you're not, you know, going to bed on time. And so what's the move? Go to bed on time. What's the move? Go ahead and lay out your workout clothes. What's the move? Go out, go ahead and say what the workout is going to be. Because when Ross, I'll get up in the morning and be like, oh, what am I gonna do? I wonder if I'm gonna do a video. Am I going to go to the track? Am I going to the gym? And then in all of that thinking, you don't do nothing. And so what's the move? Some of us, the move is just to plan what's next and write it down and make it plain. We want us to do and have the best that God has for us. How am I going to come out of this attitude that I have? What's the work? What's the book? How am I going to get out of it? How am I going to come out of these barriers and these things that are holding me? Well, make a move and join pastor at 8 a.m. on Wednesday for the Bible study. That's an action. Make a move. Make a move. Find someone to keep you accountable. Because for some of us, we've come into a place where we believe it's I, I, I. 
I'm going to heal myself. I'm going to preach to myself. I'm going to lead myself. I'm going to make it happen. Well, I venture to tell you on this morning that you are not going to be able to do that by yourself. God has sent you spiritual leadership on purpose. And so we are going to go into a place of prayer. But I want you to take note that all of these happened because of an encounter with Jesus. The most important thing. And so for those of you out there, we have been through quite a year here in, in 2020. And if you have made the whole year and you have not come into relationship with Jesus, then I just say, God bless you, that you've done well. But if you want more, and if you believe him for it, then accept Jesus into your life. They said at the very beginning, there's no failure in him. And so though we find ourselves in a place He's not going to leave you there. Even the, the man and the boy that got threw down right there, Jesus didn't leave them there. He restored them right there in front of everybody. And so if you need that in your life, come on, you keep wondering what's wrong and, and why you can't get right. Accept him into your life. Find somebody who will tell you the truth. If you're sick of your own behavior, if you're tired of this fight with yourself, if you're tired of being comfortable with the struggle, whatever your struggle might be, then I encourage you on this afternoon to invite Jesus into your life, into your home. You'll be the first one to do it. If you, you're wondering why your children can't get right, Invite Jesus into the home so that you might be able to hear his counsel. You might be able to tell your children what they need to hear from you. It might just save your child's life for you to accept Jesus into your life. And so even you, everybody in this room, for those of you who are on Facebook, just, just repeat after me. Man, I, I just believe that today was timely for you. And that you saw yourself in the message. And that you know that it's time for you to make a move. A move is an action. And so the first move that you need to make is by accepting Jesus into your life. I mean, come on, y'all. This is real. And we get up every day renewing our belief, renewing our faith. And say, Jesus, I believe it. I believe you can do it for me. And so just repeat this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, come into my life and save me. Jesus, I believe that you died for me. Come into my life. My God, come into my life, Jesus. I don't want to remain the same. Come into my life. I'll put you at the head. I'll make you my Lord and Savior. If you have prayed that prayer and you mean it and that's your move, you're like, I made a move. I made my first move on this Sunday afternoon. I made a move. Hey, that's one of the best moves that you're going to make in your life. Just put your hand up in the comments and say, I made a move. I made a move. I'm telling you, that's one of the best things that you could have done. And so we're going to pray. We're going to pray. As over all of those, those of you who have just said yes on this afternoon, and for those of you who are already
already know Jesus and that you're saying, Jesus, I believe you. I want to renew my relationship. We're going to pray over. And as we kicked out all of those things in the beginning, we're going to declare that they have no place to return to. You can't come rest here. We give them no resting place. And so Pastor Darian is going to come and he's going to pray over you on this afternoon. He is going to release a word over you. My God, I feel the presence of the Holy Spirit in this place. And I declare that you're in the right time, at the right place, and that this is a God-ordained time, that this timing is because God has sent you here to be on this page on this afternoon. And so let's go into a time of prayer. Even right now, my God, in the name of Jesus, in the holy name of Jesus, thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Word says, see it through. The woman of God came with that word, see it through and make a move. And we want to pray on this afternoon for all of those who need to see this thing through. If there is anything that is hindering you, anything that is holding you back, anything that is keeping you down, let us pray in the name of Jesus. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus on behalf of your people that are here, that are listening, God, Lord. We are praying against those things that are hindering them in the name of Jesus. God, we are praying against those things that are keeping your people from making a move, God. The woman of God listed them out, God, our procrastination, our laziness, our stubbornness, our egos, oh God. Lord, anything that is keeping your people bound, God, Lord, keeping them bent to the wrong thing, God, we pray today and declare that they can take action, God take action, take their life back, take control over their life God, back, God, that they can walk in their purpose, oh God. In the name of Jesus right now, God, today we remove the excuses out of our life. God, today we remove and we no longer walk in the fear that the enemy wants to keep us bound in, God. Today we no longer walk in helplessness, but God, your people, we pray that they have hope in you in the name of Jesus. They are no longer helpless, God. They are no longer, God, can have to walk in fear, Lord, but they can walk in the hope in you. They can trust in your word. God, we give this thing over to you in the name of Jesus. God, we recognize it. We see it. And Father, forgive us for being comfortable in the struggle, God. God, loose us from this struggle. Set us free from this struggle, God, so that we can be free to walk in what you called us to be. To be free to who you called us to be in the mighty name of Jesus. God, today we declare that from this moment forth, from the word that has gone forth, we are making moves. We are kicking the enemy out of our house. We are moving him out, God. We, we are making some moves, God, for our own purpose. We are making some moves for our families, God. We are making some changes, God, in our own household. We are kicking him out because he is hindering our moves long enough. He has distracted us long enough. He has held us back long enough. We've got some moves that we need to make. And Satan, you can have no place in here. We got to put you out. In the name of Jesus, we've got some things that we've got to do. We've got some work that needs to be done. 
and we can't do it with you in our way, Satan. We can't do it with any demonic force in our way. We can't do it with these issues that we're holding on to. God, we declare your people can walk in freedom and have the confidence to trust in you to make these moves, oh God. And we know that you can deliver us from this wretched body, God. You can deliver us, God, in this wretched state, Lord. We thank you, oh God. We thank you, God. We believe it, God. Today, we believe it. We stand on your word today. In the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. that you've been in. Amen. What a word today. What a word today. Amen. We're going to ask Pastor Sharonda to come back up. And uh, does one of us have a mask? We'll put a little space between us. Glory to God. Amen. What an anointing resting on the woman of God. Uh, I told all of our church members to please come and uh, hang in. I just wanted to make an announcement about the direction that God is taking us as a ministry at Aliante. Uh, And so, uh, as you know, uh, this woman of God uh, had been in our church uh, at the main campus for a while. 
Uh, and when uh, her brother passed on to be with the Lord is when God let me really see uh, who she was. And she spoke at the funeral and God let me see the preacher in her at that point. I uh, listened to some of her things. She used to do spoken word uh, out there for the devil. <laughs> and she was good at it too. Um, and so I heard some of her uh, spoken word that she had done uh, really for the community. I shouldn't say for the devil, but um, uh, some of her spoken word. And I just saw the preacher in her, but she had so many gifts. Um, and uh, one of her gifts was event planning and uh, decoration and making arrangements, flower arrangements. And I asked her to come. Uh, she really started coming to our Bible study. And in Bible study, she wasn't what we would call a churchy, churchy kid. Um, she had been to church, been by the church, but she wasn't a church kid like we were church kids. Like it was, um, and I really actually learned a lot about people who weren't raised in the same way that I was raised uh, in, in dealing with her and, and the family. Um, so she would come to Bible study, wouldn't have anything to say, don't ask me a question. She's not going to say anything out loud. Um, just wasn't that churchy, churchy kind of person. So I really just asked her to come over to Aliante. She had been to that Bible study um, for, I guess, two years. Um, not saying very much. We might, might have gotten near the end. She might answer a question if I uh, asked her directly, but I didn't even have permission to ask her directly uh, any questions. And um, so I asked her to come and just make some flower arrangements for our church when we planted the church at Aliante. She came and we messed up. Uh, she didn't want us to mess up her flowers. She's a bit of a perfectionist, but which I love. Um, and so she wants to mess up the flowers, so it made her have to come every week. And then since I knew she was a speaker, uh, one day, I don't know how I even talked you into that, into doing an affirmation. And I was late for church because I'm still trying to do both churches. So I was outside when she was up doing the affirmation coming from the other church. Um, because we had three services at that time. So we had an 8 o'clock service, a 10 o'clock service, and then 12.30. So I, I came, and I heard her from outside speaking this affirmation. And it was, oh, my goodness. Uh, I, I knew it. I knew it. Uh, and as I came in, she was still up and just wrecked the house in an affirmation. Um, and then one day at, that, at the school, she fooled around and got filled with the Holy Ghost. Um, during that during that time, uh, the, that so that night, um, she called me and she was still speaking in tongues. And then that then that drastic change. There's a drastic change when you really get filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, some of you that's been in a rut, your move is to fool around and really get filled with the Holy Spirit. I dare you to really get filled with the Holy Spirit. And then then all kinds of things begin to change. Then um, I shouldn't tell too much of her business, but then the alcohol began to be poured out uh, in the sink and, and the, the tongues came and the, the, the speaking got better, the anointing got heavier. And somewhere in there, she discovered prayer. And between being filled with the Holy Ghost and discovering prayer, it was a wrap. Uh, and as God began to anoint her and many of you that I've talked to, Say you have just noticed that in the last 10 years, the drastic change, I mean a drastic change has come over this woman of God. And I look at her now and I'm trying to figure out when did that happen? I think she's more churchy than I am now, Tisha. 
She got all the church moves. She got all the church. She got all the speaking in tongues when you ain't trying to speak in tongues, but it jump out anyway. I'm like, when did this girl, when did this woman that I really looked at 11 years ago now turn into this church girl? But it's the transforming power of Jesus Christ. And as, of course, as we begin to uh, develop our church and as our church begin to grow, the people in our church begin to grow. I was looking for numbers church growth. God was looking for people church, people growth. And the people here have grown tremendously. And this is one of these young ladies. So then she's preaching up a storm. She's praying up a storm. Then the prophetic is released. So she's preaching, praying, prophesying, and administrating the church. She's just been a gift to New Antioch uh, Christian Fellowship at Aliante. So two years ago, she's up here doing her thing, preaching, prophesying, praying. And God told me at that point uh, that in two years, after kind of working with her again for two, about two years, uh, to make her the co-pastor of New Antioch at Aliante. And so it's been about two years. Um, I kind of kept it to myself for probably the, I, I may have said something to her, but uh, for about a year and a half, kind of kept it to myself for the most part. And to most of us, it's kind of obvious that the call of God to pastor is on her life. Um, and so I do believe, I do believe, I know she has a call to be a senior pastor. I do believe that this is her assignment. I don't know if this will stay her assignment, uh, but that Aliante Church is her assignment. She carries this church in her heart day in and day out. She carries the people of this church day in and day out. Now, I'm not going anywhere. I will still be the senior pastor of New Antioch at Aliante. I'm still going to preach my two Sundays. Uh, but a lot of, but some of the weight of the ministry, the direction of the ministry, we will do together uh, for a while. We don't know how long it will be that way. I am going to retire eventually, um, and I'll be the senior pastor of all the new Antiochs. So we will have three churches by then. We are planning another church, which is going to be three churches on me. So I kind of understand why God is making this move, looking ahead. I didn't know two years ago the timing of the planting of Sunrise. I just knew we were going to do it. But two years ago, God knows he, God knew where he was taking us uh, and uh, told me then that this would be the first church to have a co-pastor. Uh, and then I guess when I retire, each church will, I know when I retire, each church will have a campus pastor. And then I'll become the CEO of the corporation and the senior pastor of other churches. We're also looking at planning a fourth church. And so um, this church then, um, I want in January, I think we'll do it on our anniversary date, which is the third Sunday in January, we'll install this woman of God as the co-pastor uh, of New Antioch at Aliante. Um, and so thank God this is, this is what we do. This is what we do. So that's what I wanted uh, to share with you. So woman of God. <laughs> I uh, just want to put that out there. So what I need you all to do as members is pray about that. You can go. To pray about that. Um, let it sit on it. Call me, text me, any questions that you might have. What is it going to look out like? She'll be sharing in uh, the administration of the church, which uh, she really run the church anyway, y'all. Between her and Ronnie and Darian, they kind of they kind of run the church anyway. I just kind of hang out and just tell them stuff I don't like. <laughs> 
uh, but they, uh, they, they pretty much have been running things, but um, she has been a go-to person for many of you. She's prayed for many of you. She'll be doing more counseling, uh, less of the day-to-day -day running of the church because she is the office manager of a church, but she'll be giving up some of those uh, duties. Uh, she'll be doing more of the counseling, uh, more of the uh, uh, vision, uh, vision casting, um, working with people individually, developing people, all of those things that I do, uh, and help carry the weight of our new Antioch at Aliante. And so I'm just excited. I'm excited for what I see, have seen God do for her in the last 10 years, do through her. Excited to see how this church is going to progress uh, with the additional leadership. Uh, and I'm excited to uh, plant, go out, plant another church. But again, I'll be here. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. We'll do it together. When you're training somebody how to do something, they for a while they watch you do it. She's watched me do it now for 11 years. Uh, and however long uh, she was uh, at main campus, she watched me do it. Uh, and now we're going to do it together. And then there will be a time where I'm going to sit back. I'm going to watch you guys do it. Amen. Um, so that's the announcement I want to make. So pray about it, talk about it, ask me any questions that you have. And when we move in January, when we move on this in January, I just want everybody's support. So if you don't support it, you need to tell me now. And let's talk about it and let's pray about it. And then we're going to move in January uh, to having a co-pastor at, at here at Aliante. Amen. So that's that. Uh, our next Sunday, there will be nobody here at 1230. There will be nobody at the other church at 9 a.m. Because we are going to have a Christmas production. It is in production now. It will all be pre-recorded. We are putting together a Christmas program for you called Christmas Gifts. A classy, jazzy Christmas called Christmas Gifts. And so our, our new worship coordinators, uh, James Mays and Alan James, are putting this together for us even now. I, I am preaching on the production, so there will be nobody here at the church. I want everybody, get your family together. Everybody watch it together at 11 a.m. from both churches. Next Sunday, the Sunday before Christmas, we will have our Christmas program, but it will all be together both campuses at 11 o'clock live on Facebook Live. And they tell me that we figured out how to make it live on both Facebook pages at the same time. And YouTube is going to go live all together at the same time. So you can tune in here. You can tune into the main page. Uh, but we sit down with your family. Let's have that Christmas all together. Put your comments in. I'm going to be watching this. So I want to see your comments. I want to see. Uh, that we're together so that we can be together. Uh, while that, since that's going on at 11 and we won't be at the churches, I'm going to take that opportunity because it is third Sunday to minister to our coaches, those of you that are in our coaching program. And so at 9 o'clock, I'm going to be ministering to the uh, central coaches uh, virtual. We'll, it'll, it'll either be Zoom or on House of Antioch page. I'll have to decide how I'm going to do that. But the central coaches at 9 a.m., but it will be virtual. And then the Aliante coaches at uh, 12.30, if we should be done. I doubt our thing is going to be more than an hour and a half. So we should be fine. If not, as soon as you get off of the Christmas program, then go directly 
to, again, either we'll do it on House of Antioch or Zoom, but I have a word. I'm going to uh, preach a word to you, give you some instructions, but it'll be, a, we'll keep it for our coaches uh, uh, session next Sunday. Um, Bible study. Oh, uh, Bible study. Sharana has already talked to you about Bible study. So Wednesday at 8 a.m. this week is going to be um, yokes, breaking yokes. In other words, we call it a bent today. We call it a rut today. We'll call it a yoke Wednesday. But the stuff you need to break out of, break off of you, is what we are, we are talking about. So we're going to talk about breaking yokes on Wednesday. So let that be your move. Watch it sometime that day if you can't watch it at 8 uh, a.m. on Wednesday. Everything else stays the same uh, this week. Thank you all for participating in Angel Tree. I hear it went extremely well yesterday. All of our children, we love community, and we love here in New Antioch, and all of our children uh, that we were assigned got their blessing on yesterday. Thank you, thank you, thank you, because we give over here. We give. So God bless you all. Finally, brethren, farewell. Be perfect. Be of good comfort. Be of one mind. Live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. We run another with a holy wave. Greet the folk in your house with a holy kiss. And all the saints salute you. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Amen and amen. Holler at somebody. Tell them, make a move. God bless you. We love you. Thank you for tuning in today. We hope this message really reached you. If you'd like to know more about our campuses, you can visit our central campus at newantioch.org. That's N-E-W-A-N-T-I-O-C-H dot org. Or for our Aliante campus, you can visit us at newantioch-aliante.org. That's N-E-W-A-N-T-I-O-C-H-A-L-I-A-N-T-E. If you'd like to sow a seed into this ministry, you can do so by texting New Antioch to 77977 for Aliante Campus. Or for Central Campus, that's New Antioch Central at 77977. Thank you.